Let's pray and ask God to help us understand his word. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you because you have given us your word, the Bible. We thank you that in the Bible you have spoken to us and you give us what we need to know to put our trust in Jesus and be rescued from your anger. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for doing this. We pray that tonight we might understand from the Bible how it is that we can do this, trust in you and be rescued from your anger. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. On uh, July the 12th, 2005, Kyle MacDonald had in his possession one red paperclip. Two days later, he traded his paperclip. He traded the paperclip for a fish-shaped pen. On that same day, he traded the pen. He traded the pen for a hand-sculpted doorknob. He kept on trading, each time trying to do a little bit better than before. He traded the doorknob for a camp stove with fuel. He traded the camp stove for a generator. He traded the generator for a keg of beer and a neon Budweiser sign, what he called an instant party. He traded the beer and sign for a Skidoo snowmobile. He traded the snowmobile for a trip for two to Yark, British Columbia. Don't even know where it is. Uh, By this time, it's January 2006, about six months have passed by. Uh, Kyle then traded the trip for a van. He traded the van for a recording contract with a heavy metal company. He traded the recording contract for a year's rent in Phoenix, Arizona. He traded the year's rent for one afternoon with Alice Cooper, the rock star. Those of you who are as old as me will know who Alice Cooper is. He's a very strange and ugly man. Why you'd have an afternoon with him, I don't know. But anyway, uh, an afternoon with Alice Cooper. Uh, he traded the afternoon with Alice Cooper for a Kiss motorised snow globe. He traded the snow globe for a role in a film, a speaking role in a film. And then on July the 12th, 2006, 12 months after he started with his red paperclip, Carl McDonald traded his film role for a two-storey farmhouse at 503 Main Street in Kipling, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. I've got no idea what a house in Kipling, Saskatchewan is worth, but I bet it is worth significantly more than one red paperclip. In a year of trading, by making 14 trades, Kyle MacDonald had traded one red paperclip for a house. Not bad going, you reckon? Pretty good trading, hey? A, a paperclip for a house, I'm sure we would all like to trade up for, like that. But as good as that, may, that trade may seem, this evening in God's word, we're going to see how God has made possible an even better trade. We're going to see in God's word tonight how God has made the best possible trade available to you and to me. He's making an offer to trade with us tonight. A trade that for us is an incredibly significant trade up. The trade is all about our relationship with God, our friendship with God. You see, when it comes to our relationship with God, the Bible says that we have the equivalent of a paperclip. It says that we have a very poor relationship with God. The Bible says that God is the one who made us. He is our maker. And as our maker, he is our owner. If you make something, you own it. Uh, The Bible says similarly that God is our author. 
And therefore, as author, he has authority over us. Have you ever seen in the beginning of a book that the author asserts his moral right to be known as the owner of this book? The author has authority over the work. God is our author. He has authority over us. He made us, and so he has authority. And with that authority, God demands that we show him our love and our loyalty and our obedience. Jesus said it very clearly. He put it this way. It's on your outline there. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when someone asked him, what's the most important thing for people to do? What is the most important thing for people to do? Here's what Jesus said. Can you see it there? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's what God demands from us. The thing is, can you see that as our maker, as the one who gives us everything, it's not only what he may demand from us, it's what he deserves from us. He deserves our complete love and loyalty and obedience. The problem is, the Bible says we don't give it to him. We don't love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. The Bible says we often ignore God. We even disobey God. We use, to, to, to use the Bible's word, we sin. That is, sin is not necessarily about um, you know, murdering people or something like that. I think if you ask the average Aussie, are you a sinner? They'd say, well, I haven't murdered anybody. But that's, not, that's not quite what's going on with the Bible word sin. It's about our refusal to love and obey God the way he deserves, the way he demands, that, that wholehearted love. And the Bible's perfectly clear about this. It leaves us in no doubt at all. I've just put a couple of sentences there on your outline to show you how clear the Bible is about this. Can you see them there? From Romans, the Bible says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Or, or this one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. And... And you don't have to think too hard about your own life to see that it's true, do you? Uh, just, just imagine for a second, this is a, a, a nightmare, I think, but just imagine for a second that everything in your life was being recorded. All your thoughts, all your words, all your actions, all being put on a tape. And then one day, you get all your family and all your friends and, and, and God sitting up the front here, and we all sit down and we play it up on the big screen. How would you feel? Uh, what are people going to be saying? What, what, what rating are we going to put on that? We're going to put a G rating on that one? Uh, as people watch the film, are they going to be going, yeah, every thought, every word, every action, always loving and obeying God. I don't want my video up there, do you? I don't want it up there. The Bible says we all sin against God. And anyone with the slightest degree of honest self-awareness knows it is true. It's funny, we baptised my daughter here a few months ago and uh, I was trying to explain to people that they are sinners. And then a guy at lunch afterwards said to me, you know, I've never ever consciously sinned. And I said to him, do you think I should ask your wife about that? He said, no, I don't think you should. <laughs> Anyone with even the slightest degree of honest self-awareness knows that it's true. The thing is, that's a real problem. 
That is a real problem because, because God is the one who gives us life. God is the only one who can give us life. God is the only one who can give us any good thing. And God has told us how he feels about our sin. Again, it's in the Bible, and I've put it on your outline there again from Romans. Can you see this one? The wrath. Can you see it there? Uh, it's, sorry, I should have put point forms or something. One, two, three, the fourth one down there. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. You know that word wrath? Anger. Severe anger. Or, or look at the next one. The wages of sin is death. God is angry about sin. Sinners will die and face his wrath. The Bible also talks about heaven, an eternal place with God in glory. And it says sinners cannot come into heaven. It's a no-go zone for sinners. From the book of Revelation, you can see, can you see that next one there? Talking about heaven, it says, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. I hope you can see, all jokes aside, this is, this is deadly serious stuff. If this is true, and, and, and I believe it is, if this is true, it is very, very bad news for people like you and me. For people like you and me who do not love and obey God the way he deserves, the way he demands, this is bad news because we have the equivalent of a paperclip relationship with God. And the consequences couldn't be any worse. But tonight, in the Bible, we're going to see an amazing offer from God. God is offering us a trade-up. He's offering to trade our paperclip relationship with him for the equivalent of, of a mansion relationship with him. He's offering to trade our sin for what the Bible calls righteousness. Have a look with me at our verse. It's, it's there. We've finally got to it. Our verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I've put it on your outline. If you want to see it in its context, have a look at it in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. And, and just see here the trade that God makes possible. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, the him that's talking about is Jesus, the, the Jesus who, who died on the cross and rose again. God made Jesus, this sentence is saying, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. A bit of a complicated sentence, a few aspects of it I'd like to explore with you. Now, first, there's the idea that Jesus had no sin. Can you see that there? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus, the Bible says, had no sin. It says in another place, he was tempted in every way just as we are, but yet was without sin. In other words, it didn't matter what happened to Jesus. It didn't matter what he faced. He always loved God with all his heart, soul, mind and strength. He was always loyal to God. If you ran that video of Jesus' entire life, you would only see love and obedience and loyalty to God. His every action, his every word, his every thought was done in love and obedience to God. That's the claim here. Jesus had no sin. But if you think about it, 
if he had no sin, then he doesn't deserve to die and face God's anger. The equation is very simple. No sin, no anger. No sin, no death. Jesus had no sin, didn't deserve to die, didn't deserve to face God's anger. But can you see from the sentence here, God did something to Jesus. Back to 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus became sin for us. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that God put Jesus in our place. It's as if God picked up all of our sins, took them off us and put them onto Jesus. God treated Jesus as if he'd done the sins that we have done. He made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. And so, it is as sin for us that Jesus died on that cross. That's what he was doing there. On the cross, Jesus died. Jesus faced the anger of God. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He died and faced God's anger, but it wasn't for his own sin. He didn't deserve it. He did it in our place. Made sin for us. You know, you know a lot of people, they, they don't understand what the cross of Jesus is all about. I remember vividly, um, I don't know why, I think I was uh, sitting in the Mandarin Centre um, just having a food court when uh, people were walking out from the Mel Gibson film. You remember the Mel Gibson film a few years ago about the, the passion? And uh, it's all about the, all the suffering and everything of Jesus. I was sitting there and people were coming out and they're just shaking their heads. What was that all about? You know, why all that violence and all that suffering and agony? How, how terrible. But no idea what was going on there. And then there are all kinds of theories about what was going on there. Some people say that Jesus was some kind of a political martyr or something, or that he uh, perhaps just made a mistake, or uh, some people say that he was setting an example of love. Or... But the thing is, this sentence here, it explains to us the very centre of what was going on in the cross. Let me explain it to you one more time this way, a little bit of an object lesson. Sorry if this is a little bit uh, kindergartenish, But imagine, imagine that... Uh, my hand here is Jesus. Jesus has no sin. Okay? He doesn't deserve to die. He doesn't deserve to face God's anger. But imagine this is you and me. That's our sin. Okay? The book on my hand is our sin. God made Jesus, this verse says, sin for us. He put all of our sins on Jesus. And so on the cross, Jesus is facing God's anger and judgment for our sin, in our place, as a substitute for us, bearing the penalty our sins deserve. Do you see what's going on? Can you see the significance of what's happening on the cross? Our sin on Jesus. In our sentence, then, we can also see the result of what God's done. Have another look. Here's the result. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Can you see what that's saying? Somehow through what Jesus has done, we can be righteous before God. We can have the righteousness of God. If we are in Jesus, the sentence says, in him we can be declared righteous before God, acceptable to God, pardoned for all our sin, all our sin gone. To come back to the book, Jesus takes all our sin on himself. And then you see, on that cross, Jesus paid the full price for sin. 
He served the full sentence for sin. I don't know if uh, um, people know the game Monopoly. So I don't know how old-fashioned I am. Is Monopoly still played by people? Yeah, okay. Nobody ever plays Monopoly. Well, I was such a terrible loser as a child that nobody would ever play games with me. Um, but apparently some people play Monopoly. Um, and, uh, but, you know, in Monopoly you can end up in jail. Uh, yeah, people are with me, you can end up in jail. Okay, and the way you get out of jail, I don't know about inflation, but when the one time somebody played with me before I had a tantrum as a child, you had to pay $200. Is it still $200 or has it gone up in... So it's anyway, you had to pay two hundred dollars, okay, to get out of jail. Now you pay your two hundred dollars, and then what happens? You can get out of jail. If if the penalty is fully paid, you can't be kept in jail anymore. Well, Jesus paid the full penalty for sin, and so death could not hold him down anymore. That's why Jesus rose again from the dead. And now it is possible to be united with Jesus, to be in Jesus in such a way that his righteousness becomes ours. All our sin is taken away. In him, the verse says, the sentence says, we can become the righteousness of God. And so that is God's offer to you and to me. That is God's offer to you and me. He's offering to trade our sin for righteousness. Can you see? It's the paperclip relationship for the house relationship. Sin for righteousness. Death and, and the anger of God for eternal life with God. Can you, can you see the meaning of this sentence now? He who had no sin became sin for us so that in him we can become the righteousness of God. Can you see the kind offer that God is making? It is very kind, don't you think? Something that... Uh, Something that I wouldn't want to miss out on, would you? And so coming out of this sentence, I've got a question for you. It's a very simple question. Here it is. What have you done about God's offer? What have you done about God's offer to you? It seems to me that, that, that here tonight... There are four kinds of people, four kinds of ways that we can have responded to God's offer. Let me, let me run through the groups and see which one you fit into tonight. The first group of people, the first group of people here, you've already accepted God's offer. You've said yes to God. You've admitted to God, yes, I am a sinner. You've said to God, thank you for, for making Jesus sin for me so that in him I can become the righteousness of God. And you've said to God, I accept your offer. I accept what Jesus has done. Please take my sin away. Make me the righteousness of God. Is that you here tonight? Well, if it is, then I hope you've been encouraged by God's word. God has taken your sin and put it on Jesus. In Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. You stand before God tonight, forgiven, pardoned, cleansed, right with God, not because you deserve it, but out of his sheer mercy and grace. You look forward to being with God in glory forever. That is great news, isn't it? I hope this fills your heart with thanks, with joy, and with praise to God. And I hope you want to respond to God now by living living your whole life for him. But maybe that's not you. Maybe, maybe you're a person who doesn't want to accept God's offer. 
Uh, you have no interest in being right with God. Maybe you don't believe there is a God or, or, or you don't care if there's a God or not. Either way, you have no interest in God's offer. If that's you, then tonight I have to warn you. Whether you believe it or not, the fact is God is real. The fact is your relationship with him is not good. And the day will come when you will regret the decision you are making. The day will come when you have to stand before God and you will have to give an account for the life that he has given you. The day will come when you'll have to stand before God and give an account for how you responded to the offer that he has made to you. And on that day, I'm sorry to say, you'll have no excuse. You'll have no excuse. If that's you tonight, please, can I beg you, change your mind. Change your mind. Think carefully about God's offer. It is real and it is way too good to refuse. But maybe that's not you either. Maybe, uh, maybe you haven't accepted God's offer, but, but then you haven't outright rejected it either. Maybe you're not sure what to do about God's offer. Maybe you need more evidence or, or you need more time to make your decision. Is, is that you tonight? Well, if it is, can I encourage you, don't let this just slip you by. Don't, don't put off thinking about it until some other time. Find out the truth and act on it now. Get, get the information you need to make your decision now. C come and talk to me. I'll be very happy to give you a book so, so you can read more about God's offer. Don't put it, don't put it off. I don't, I don't want to scare you. I don't want to play any theatrical games or anything. But the fact is this could be your last day on earth. Jesus could return or your life could come to an end. This is not something to procrastinate about. Find out what you need to find out and respond to God's offer. But then maybe for you, maybe for you tonight is the night. Maybe you've realised that God's offer is real. Maybe you realise that you're not in the right with God. You've got this paperclip relationship with him. Maybe now you see you can be in the right with God. You can have like a house relationship with God and that is something you want right now. You want to accept God's offer right now. If that is you, the way that you accept God's offer is very simple. You just accept it. You pray to God. You talk to God. God can hear us when we talk, and so we can pray to him. You pray to God and you say something like what I've put on your outline at the end there. Can you see just before the box that talks about personal reflection and application? That first couple of sentences, what you're doing there is admitting to God that you, that you haven't loved him and obeyed him the way he deserves, the way he demands. The third sentence there is saying that you're sorry about it. Then thanking God for what he's done, thanking God that he made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we can become the righteousness of God. And then you actually do it. And that, uh, that second last sentence there, you, that, that's actually becoming a Christian, that second last sentence there, where you say to God, please, through Jesus, pardon me, take my sin away, make me right with you. That's accepting the offer. And that's the way you kick off on the Christian life. Now, from there, it's a matter of responding appropriately to the God who loves you, the God who has made you this wonderful offer. It's a matter of, it's a matter of offering your whole life to him because, because now he double deserves it, doesn't he? He deserves it as our maker, and now he double deserves it because he's also the one who's given Jesus to die for us. He's made us this wonderful offer. We'd want to live our whole lives for him, but 
more on that later. For now, for now, if you want to kick off on the Christian life, can I encourage you to pray this prayer with me? I encourage you to pray it out loud with me, if you dare. To make it a bit easier, if you're a Christian already, I encourage you to pray it as well, out loud with me tonight. So even if it's the thousandth time that you've prayed this kind of thing, it's a, it's a good thing for us to pray often to God, to acknowledge our sin, to, to remember what he's done and to ask him to forgive us. So um, can I encourage you to pray this prayer together with me? Together. Dear God, I admit that I haven't loved and obeyed you as you deserve. I'm a sinner and I deserve your judgment. I'm sorry. Thanks that you made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for me. Thanks that in Jesus you offer to pardon me and make me right with you. Please, through Jesus, pardon me and make me right with you. Please help me to live from now on for you. Now, if you've prayed that prayer tonight for the first time, can I ask you, please come and talk to me about it, partly because I'll be so thrilled to hear about it, but partly also because I, 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 I want to be able to help you to, uh, to kick on from here, to press on as a Christian. I'll give you some stuff and talk to you some more. For now, let, let's, let's pray again. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that out of your extraordinary mercy, you have given Jesus who had no sin, to die on the cross bearing our sin so that we can be forgiven and made right with you. Now, Father, we're, we're sorry if we ever uh, have rejected that offer, if we've ever taken it for granted or, or ever just thought it was perhaps ho-hum or a bit boring. Lord, God is the most extraordinary and wonderful thing that you could have ever, ever have done for us. And so we thank and praise you for it. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that in response to who you are and what you have done, you'd help us to live for you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.